Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, my name's Todd. For those of you I don't know, that was a really robust hello. Way to go. I'm impressed because a lot of you had to like float here or you know take a boat or maybe some of you sailed. So thank you guys so much for being here. And um, I just wanted to recognize two groups of people before we dive in um, to God's word this morning and take a look uh, at his word. I, I want to recognize our, our incredible hospitality, specifically our parking team. They're awesome. On a day like today, man, thank you guys so much. Men and women, by the way, thank you so much. Those of you who are outside parking in this flood that we're having right now. So uh, we're so thankful. So yeah, you know, uh, calendar year, we're going to have a hurricane and a flood all in one. So uh, it'll probably snow before winter's over, I would have guessed. Anyway, um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of 1 Kings. If you don't, we're going to have the words on the screen uh, today, and so you can follow along there. But we're going to be in 1 Kings, and uh, we're going to be anywhere from chapter 3 all the way up to chapter 11 today in a variety of different places as we continue in this series. Uh, that we have entitled Hashtag Wisdom, and we'll be doing that. But I'm going to ask you to pray with me, and uh, let's give God these next few moments uh, together this morning as we dive into his word. So would you join me in a word of prayer? Father God, we just acknowledge that you are in charge of everything that goes on here. And God, we thank you so much for um, just, as I listen to this rain, it reminds me of how you refresh us. And God, we thank you that your Holy Spirit can lead and guide us, sometimes even when we're not aware of it. But God, I pray that this morning, for everyone in here who came in with burdens, with thoughts of, um, God, trouble on their mind, God, maybe it's some health-related issue, perhaps it's something in a relationship that's gone awry, God, maybe it's financial God, I pray for those who are within the sound of my voice who've come in today with burdens. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would be an encouragement to them. God, may you be an encouragement to us. And God, I thank you for the words of those songs, the song that we just sang. God, that in your Son we have freedom. Freedom from the results of our sin. Freedom uh, from, from life everlasting and an eternity in hell. And God, we get to spend eternity in heaven with you because you sent your son to die on the cross for us. We thank you for that. And God, we just acknowledge that you're in control of this place. And I just want to thank you so much for all that you're doing. God, I thank you for your church and how you're moving in and among us and in and through us. And God, I pray for more of it. I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead and guide this morning. Convict where we need to be convicted. God, I pray that you would um, encourage us where we need to be encouraged, challenge us where we need to be challenged. But most of all, I pray that everything that happens over these next few moments would be from you. May my words be your words this morning. We give it to you in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, sorry, I left you hanging there. I said there were two groups of people that I wanted to thank. <laughs> I want to thank our, our um, worship community also, our choir. Didn't they do a great job this morning? It's so encouraging to see that. And I want to thank those of you who are part of that. Um, what a great encouragement that's been. And we're, we're just so thankful for that. Let's dive into to, to what God has for us this morning. We are in uh, our second in this series called Hashtag Wisdom. 
And uh, as, as God was leading uh, me last year to, to kind of like ask him what we're supposed to do in 2017, uh, he clearly led me to, to leading us in a study on wisdom. But I wanted us also to take a look at, at this man who was the third king of Israel, who, who was a, a man who imparted through God, through his word, so much of, of the godly wisdom that you and I have access to, that we can have access to. And so I wanted to, to do this through the lens of King Solomon. And so what we're doing in this series is taking kind of a three-part look at Solomon's life. And generally, we're going to look at some kind of like, uh, you know, big moments in his life. I, I hate to use the word highlights because one of them is uh, next week is a real like low light, if you will. You know, I mean, if you looked at low light that way. And uh, so, uh, so highlights, kind of big markers in his life. Because there were three things that Solomon, that, that happened in Solomon's life that I think are probably the key markers in his life. And so last week we began by looking at his coronation when he became the king and how he was crowned with wisdom, not with the riches of, of this world and all that. He was really crowned with wisdom and, and God gave him that and he sought after God for that as we're going to continue to look at today. And, and so we, we see that he, he chased after it. And so we talked about the fact that if Solomon like sought for wisdom, if he looked for wisdom, you and I can look for wisdom. And we, we ended at this place where we said that we as, as Christ followers, if you're a God follower, like we need to search out and ask God for wisdom each and every day. And I think it's so important in life in general, but especially important when we're making decisions, large or small, because how this normally goes is we make a decision and then we look back on that decision and realize it was not steeped in God's wisdom and we made a decision that really led us down, uh, led us down a wrong path. And so we ended last week with this idea that the wise thing for us to do, the good and right thing for us to do is to stop, to ask and then act. To stop first and then ask God for wisdom and then act. And it saves us from so much trouble. And so uh, Solomon, inspired by the Spirit of God, writes this book that we know of, of, uh, as Proverbs. And in chapter 2, he, he, we ended last week with verse 4 and 5. And, and he essentially says, seek after wisdom like you're seeking for a treasure, like a precious pure gold. And that's what we ought to do. We ought to seek. But I want you to take a look at the rest of this chapter. I want you to take a look at the rest of this. And so we're going to begin in Proverbs and then quickly move to 1 Kings. But I want you to, wanted you to see this first. You can take a look at the screens. Proverbs chapter 2. Take a look at verse 6. He says this, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity. Then you will under, excuse me, guarding the path of justice and watching over the way of his saints. And then he says this, then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. I love that right there. Isn't that great? Pleasant to your soul. He says, discretion will watch over you, understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from, from men of perverted speech who forsake the path of uprightness to walk in the way of darkness. Those who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the, the um, uh, perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked. 
and who, and who are dis, uh, devious in their ways. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God, for her house sinks down to the death, down to death, and her path to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the path of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Now, the reason I wanted you to hear that right out of the gates this morning is there something really important for us to understand about wisdom that comes from God. And I, I, I want you to hear this because I think it is so vital in our lives, in our daily lives. Because let's face it, when we're facing life, there's a lot of information out there that can come to us and it looks like wisdom and it may seem like wisdom. But I want you to know today that wisdom from God will always line up with integrity and righteousness. It'll always line up with integrity and righteousness. And here's the problem is, is that sometimes we receive what we perceive or what we're told is wisdom from the world. And it's kind of like masked as wisdom, but it leads us to a path where we do what's right for ourselves. And we may compromise our integrity and we may, may compromise our righteousness and we may compromise our values. And I want you to hear today that wisdom from God will never lead you down a path that will cause you to compromise integrity or righteousness ever. But so often I hear people saying that this is the wise thing to do and the advice that they've received is something that's not rooted in the truth of God's word. And so often it leads them to a place in their life that they regret. And so be aware, use God's word as a litmus test to, to, to focus on what is and what is not wisdom. That'll be your test. It'll always line up. Just like we talked about how last week Solomon, when he asked for wisdom, was just like, did it with such a humble heart and humility and wisdom always go together? Well, righteousness and integrity will always go together with wisdom as well. And so I wanted you guys to see that from Proverbs chapter 2 as he begins to set the stage for wisdom. And I want to encourage you on something. I want to encourage you to take Proverbs, and if you haven't already started in your own personal time with God, take the book of Proverbs. There's 30 chapters. You can divide one up. You can read one a day and focus on those over the course of the next month. Some of you probably have already started. Some of you may want to start today or tomorrow, and you can really take a look at the the, uh, the wisdom from God, which I think we're receiving right now, aren't we? Okay, so anyway, uh, and see, he's telling you to do that, all right? So anyway, it's not for me. Um, but uh, go to version. There are several great, great devotionals in version that will lead you into Proverbs, and you can learn what wisdom truly is. Now, Solomon in Proverbs 2 is so focused on us asking for wisdom from God. And that's what he did. And God granted him wisdom. In fact, that's our first point this morning. It's our first point right out of the gates this morning. I thought that was my phone. It's not. Same ring. Okay, so anyway, uh, it would be bad if the pastor did not have his phone on silent. You know what I'm saying? You guys are allowed to, but I'm not. All right, so anyway, our first point this morning is this, that God gave Solomon the wisdom that Solomon eventually became known for. 
God granted Solomon the wisdom that he eventually became known for. And he was known for wisdom beyond anything else. Beyond anything else, this king was known for wisdom. Check this out, just a couple passages. 1 Kings 4, 29 and 30. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sands on the sea, uh, seashore so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the peoples of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. We see reflected in another passage a little bit later in 1 Kings chapter 5 when he's working with Hiram who was uh, someone that he kind of contracted with and Hiram had had a relationship with Solomon's dad, King David uh, of Israel. And so th they enter into this covenant relation or this uh, contract. Take a look at this in verses 10 through 13. So Hiram supplied Solomon with all the timber of cedar and cypress that he desired while Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household and 20,000 cores of beaten oil, Solomon gave this to Hiram year by year. He essentially paid Hiram and gave Hiram all, like some of the, uh, the, the bounty of Israel so that Hiram would, would help Solomon build the temple. And we'll take a look at that in a moment. And the Lord gave Solomon wisdom, verse 12, as he had promised. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon. And the two of them made a treaty. And King Solomon drafted forced labor out of all of Israel. And the draft number was 30,000 men. He had 30,000 people working on the temple. And then finally we come to this famous visit from the Queen of Sheba. You've probably heard of the Queen of Sheba. And, and you might have heard kind of like information about the Queen of Sheba. And a lot of it that we get is wrong. But the Queen of Sheba is actually mentioned in Scripture. We're going to take a look at it right here. But this was, this was a, a lady who was a queen over an area or at least a city uh, called Sheba that was probably somewhere in Ethiopia, modern-day Ethiopia. And, and so this queen had heard about Solomon and his great wealth and his wisdom, and she traveled all the way up to Jerusalem to come and find out if it was true and check out what happens in 1 Kings chapter 10. She visited the king and she said to the king, the report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom, but I didn't believe the report until I came and, and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, the half wasn't even told to me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpassed the report that I heard. And so we see that Solomon was a person of great wealth. He was a person of great fame and he was a person of great wisdom. By every measure, Solomon was incredibly successful. Wouldn't you say so? He was incredibly successful. By every measure that you and I would, would measure like success with in this day, in his day, the same measure, if you'd apply the same measure of success, you would come to the conclusion that Solomon is successful. See, in, in our day, our world measures success with a lot of different things. Think about it for a moment. We, we measure success with what our annual income is. We measure success with how much wealth we've built over the years. You, we measure success with how many degrees we have or postgraduate degrees we have or how much continuing education we've received in a certain area. If you've been a part of a specific like industry, you might uh, you know, measure success with uh, a certain standard that, that you've achieved or a certain place you've achieved in a certain industry. We, we measure success in our world with you know, our homes and what neighborhood or in Hilton Head, what plantation we live in, okay? It just is what it is. 
We measure success with maybe not what home we live in, but maybe with how many homes we have. We measure success with the cars that we drive or how, however many we drive or what, what it is. We measure success with the accomplishment of our children, don't we? We measure success with so many different things. We measure success with all of these standards that the world kind of passes on to us. And the world says, hey, these things are important. And I want you to hear today that even Solomon, all the way back here, he, he, as the world saw it, he, he had a huge measure of success. But at this point in Solomon's life, he understood that the wisdom that he received and the success that he had was for God's purpose. He understood this next point, and that is, is that God's intent for Solomon and for his wisdom was that he would carry out God's purpose. Solomon got it, and he understood it. And so he was pleased that his success was doing what God wanted him to do. And of course, some of you know, maybe many of you know, that what God wanted him to do at this point in his life was to build the temple for God. And we see this in 1 Kings 3, just chapter 10 through 14, or uh, verses 10 through 14. Um, and this is the, the verse that I referenced just a few minutes ago. It, it pleased the Lord, verse 10, that Solomon had asked for wisdom. And God said to him, because you've asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life, riches, or the life of your enemies, but you've asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, that's wisdom. Behold, now I do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been seen before and none like you shall arise after. None, none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both the riches and the honor, there's the, there's the fame and the fortune, so that no other king shall compare with you all of your days. And if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Now look at 1 Kings chapter 9 because we see something similar. When God uh, comes to Solomon a second time, we see the same thing, but he adds something to it. Uh, verse 1, as soon as Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord, this was after the temple was built, and the king's house and, and all that Solomon desired to build, the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time as he had appeared to him in Gibeon. And the Lord said this to him, I have heard your prayer and your plea, which you have made before me. I have consecrated this house, this new temple, the dwelling place of God, that you have built by putting my name there forever. It says, my eyes and my heart will be there for all time. This is the new dwelling place of God. And as for you, he says this, if you walk before me, if you walk before me. That's obedience, isn't it? As, my, as, your as David, your father, walked with integrity of heart and uprightness, doing according to all that I have commanded you. That's obedience, isn't it? And keeping my statutes and my rules. That's obedience, isn't it? Then I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever, as I promised David your father, saying, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. And then God says, and we're going to take a look at this next week, that if you don't be forewarned, that I'll forsake you. And so there was this relationship, this, this premise and promise relationship that Solomon, listen, I want you to hear this. Solomon, at this point in his life, he understood that. 
He understood the if-then nature of what God had told him because this was essentially the second time that God had told him, if you obey me, then I will bless you. And so we, we see him enter into this relationship with a purity of heart. And he goes and he builds this temple, this beautiful temple. And by the way, if you want to hear more about that, we're going to take a look at that on Wednesday night in Roots, and you can hear a little bit more about the temple this week. All right, we're going to study a little bit about it and how we build it and that sort of thing. So be here uh, 7 o'clock, 6.30 7 o'clock uh, for Roots if you want to find out a little bit more about that. But we see that Solomon understood that his job was to take the wisdom that God had given him and to do God's work. And the work that he was supposed to do was build the temple. And that's our third point today. Because of Solomon's obedience, God used him to build the temple. And up to this point, God had been, the presence of God had been in a tabernacle, a tent that had traveled with the nation of Israel from place to place. And finally, we have this amazing temple that Solomon built, and he used the wisdom that God had given him for the purpose of God. Check out 1 Kings 5, 1, uh, 1 through 5. Now Hiram, this person we just talked about, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon when he had heard that they had anointed him in place of his father. For Hiram always loved David, and Solomon sent his word to Hiram. He said this, You know that David, my father, could not build a house for the name of the Lord, his God, because of the warfare with which his enemies surrounded him with, that God uh, prevented David from being the one who built the temple. Until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor misfortune. And so I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. As the Lord said to David my father, your son whom I will set on your throne in your place shall build the house for my name. And Solomon has the great privilege. I want you to hear this. He has the great privilege and the great honor that in his life he would be used by God to build this amazing temple for the Lord. You see, Solomon at this point in his life understood that the reason that God gave him wisdom and the reason that he should search for wisdom was to glorify God with his life. He was being used by God for God's purpose. And the same goes for you and for me. You see, we are to seek after God and we're to seek after his wisdom, not necessarily for our gain. But we're supposed to seek after that for his good and for his glory. But I wonder if the church sometimes gets it the other way around. I wonder if we look at Proverbs and we dive in there and we wake up tomorrow morning and we, we, we dive in and we, we look at Proverbs and we know the wisdom that can come from there and we go, hey, I can apply this to my life. If I do this, then I'll be more successful. If I apply this to my business, then I will gather more wealth. If I apply this to my relationships, I'll have better relationships. If I apply this to students, my education, then I'll, I might not be failing anymore, okay? And listen, everything that I just mentioned is absolutely true. But what is our motive? What's our motive? You see, I, I believe if our motive is in obtaining wisdom 
is success, then all we're really trying to do is we're really just trying to search for personal gain. If our motive for for searching God's word for wisdom is for our success, then I believe all we're really doing is really just looking out for ourselves. It's really not about God and his kingdom and his glory. It's about us. That doesn't discount the fact that God may make your business successful. He may repair those relationships. He may lead you students to a point where you go from failing to actually like you're going to graduate. Praise the Lord, I'm going to graduate high school. Like it may actually work out. But I want to suggest to you this morning that if we are going to be people who are in line and in step with the reason that God gave us wisdom, that we don't seek it out ourselves, that we don't search for it for our own personal gain, that we seek out wisdom so that we can obey God, so that we can get to know him better, and so that we can do his work in our lives, so that our viewpoint becomes kingdom-focused rather than self-focused. And so we see in Solomon building this great temple for the Lord, his purity in searching out for wisdom. It wasn't the other way around. He didn't seek it out at this point in his life for his gain. He sought it out because he understood that it came from God. And he understood that that wisdom would lead him to be successful, not in the world's eyes, but in God's eyes. I run into so many people that, that are, are, are like trying to be good Christians just because they want to get something from God. And I've been there before. I admit to you I've been there before. I've been there before as an adult where I've wanted to get close to God to, to just reap the benefit that I would receive from that. And listen, God wants that for us. He wants that for you. He does want you to be successful in business. He does want you to be successful in what you do and in your neighborhood and with your friends and with your family and with your relationships. And he wants your marriage to be successful and your finances to be successful. However, I think we get it the wrong way around. I think we seek after wisdom sometimes so that we gain and not God. I I remember when I was growing in my relationship with the Lord, when I was a teenager and I had this delusions of grandeur uh, about being a a professional golfer. I did. I'm admitting that right now. I thought I was going to be on the tour. Okay, so um, I, I uh, you know, I bought the lie. Okay, so anyway, um, I, I really thought that was going to be it. And so I remember waking up one day, and, and I really thought this. I was like, man, I need to have my time with God today because I'm about ready to go to a tournament. And if I spend time with God today, and if I, like, get wisdom from him, man, he's going to honor that. I'm going to play well today. Yeah, somebody said, how'd that work out? Yeah, 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 look at me now. Hey, man, I got a great golf game, all right? So, look, I'm serious that, that, that we as Christ followers have this tendency to seek out the things of God for our gain. And I want to tell you, church, I think he's going to bless it bountifully if we seek it out for his glory and for his kingdom purpose. And just like in Solomon's life, if we seek it out for that reason, if we change our motives, if we turn our motives upside down, then he may bring the blessings that come along with that. Solomon's life is a great example of someone who sought it out the right way with integrity and purity of heart at this point in his life. And God gave him all the other things as a byproduct of him being a wise person.
How about you? How about you? Where's your motive? Where's your heart in terms of seeking out the things of God and searching for wisdom? Is it for you or is it for the Lord? See, I think if you and, and I could put myself in this too, if our motive in seeking wisdom is selfish, I think it's time for us to confess that to God and to ask for him to reveal wisdom for his purpose in life. George MacDonald, who's a Scottish poet and minister, he said this, he said, And whatever man does without God, he must fail miserably or succeed more miserably. <laughs> and I would imagine that there are a few of you who are out here and you are successful because of what you are doing in life. But you're doing it without the Lord. And I would imagine that you're probably successful and miserable at the same time. My challenge to you is to change your motive, to change why you're seeking that wisdom, to look at your heart and ask, do you have that purity of heart like Solomon did? Or are you seeking it for yourself? Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, thank you so much for this man, this king who was so wise and he sought you out for wisdom. He realized that wisdom would not come from this world, but that wisdom would come from you. And for so much of his life, he gives us a great example to follow. So much so that he was the one that you chose to build the temple. A huge yet honorable undertaking. And God, we thank you so much that we can see the purity in his desire, the purity in his motive, the purity in him seeking out wisdom was for you and for your glory. And God, I pray for each one of us who are in here today who call ourselves Christ followers, and I pray that you would allow our hearts to be changed if they need to be changed right now. I pray that we would get introspective and take a close look at why we're seeking after you. Are we doing it for our own gain? Or are we doing it because we love you, because we want to obey you, we want to follow you, we want to become more like you, and we want to find out what your purpose is for our lives? Help us to know that. God, help our hearts to be changed if it needs to be changed. Encourage those who are in here who have purity of heart as they seek after the wisdom that you give us. And God, may we be careful to only hear from you, to only hear from your word when it comes to wisdom. Help us not to buy into false wisdom that forces us to compromise our integrity or our, our righteousness. God, help us to be people who operate with a purity in our hearts and for the purpose of you being glorified and your kingdom being expanded because we know that all of life is really not about us but God it is truly about you and what you're doing with us in your name we pray amen